Hello and welcome to the Electronic Wireless Show, Rock Paper Shotgun's PC gaming podcast and the only podcast you need, in my opinion, which is that of Alice Bell. And uh, this week it is the best games from Naughty 3 Summer Game Fest 2022. And I'm joined not by Nate and Matthew, who are both away, but by even better, if possible, Ed Thorne. <laughs> who is our LA correspondent, who was out there on the gra- boots on the ground in Los Angeles, and uh, Rebecca Jones, who is uh, one of our lovely guides team, and she watched all of the stuff, did roundups, knows every game that happened this weekend. Oh, goodness. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Making a lot of promises for me, <laughs> How are you both? How, how are you both feeling after the weekend? Oh. <laughs> I'm, Getting better. I'm, yeah, I'm. I'm. Uh, I'm very well slash jet lagged, uh, but otherwise okay. Too many announcements though. Far too many. Yeah. So it that it was your first time in LA, right, Ed? Yes. Yeah. First time in LA. First time in the US in general. Oh, was it as well? Oh, I didn't know that. Um, How did you find it? <laughs> <laughs> it was. It was very big. Is my kind of big review. <laughs> it was the, my first impressions actually were that it's actually like real because having seen the US through like media like WWE and Grand Theft Auto, it was very strange actually just realizing that like the US exists and I'm actually in it. Um, <laughs> like seeing like the police cars that you see in like Grand Theft Auto and like Dunkin' yeah. Donuts and stuff. I was like, wait, no, <laughs> I'm here. <laughs> Um, there is yeah there is that weird i remember when i went to uh e3 uh, a few years back i was really i had the same feeling but about those weird like 1.5 story high flat roof buildings they have everywhere <laughs> yeah yeah and like the, the car like the car parking as well for whatever reason is like a mass well because it's the us it's massive and mm. i just couldn't get over that i kept like just looking into car parking lots and going cool that's a that's a big one <laughs> um, so uh, yeah it was it was very cool though and yes i i ate a lot of a lot of burgers i feel like that was a staple of my diet there um very good yes have, have you ever been to the us rebecca yes i've been um i've been i think four times um i've been to la a few years ago um i have family in la actually so oh, i got, to, I got nice. to see it kind of from the uh from that perspective, which was was really interesting. What, um, what was your take on the car parks? <laughs> I honestly, I I'm ashamed to admit it now, but I don't think I really clocked them all that much. <laughs> um, oh, I was. I, I get what you mean about the houses, though, because I I played a lot of La Noir in in preparation for my trip, and the fact that houses really do exist on these quite big lots and have this sort of like split leveling like big porches thing going on that was that was because I suppose because I was staying in a residential area because I was staying with family um that was the thing that really got me and it was Halloween as well and people really were putting like all these paper Halloween decorations in their (laughs) in their front gardens and it was just so surreal I don't think we could quite communicate to our American listeners the sort of weird culture shock you get when you go to America the first time and it is exactly as Ed said it's like oh my god it's real (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I just it's all true. I just couldn't get over the fact that like no one really walks in LA. 
Like I, I remember mm. walking back from one of the events and it was just absolutely like deserted. And it felt weird that I was walking somewhere and I just couldn't get over that because here in the UK, obviously kind of, well, I, I try and walk places. I quite like walking around, but yeah, yeah, in the US, it doesn't really seem to be a thing or at least in LA. Um, uh, yeah, I like I was in um, San Antonio in Texas for an event thing and people I was with, we went to like a thing and then uh, I was like, oh, I think I'm just going to walk back to the hotel because I'm, I'm a bit knackered, you know. And they said, oh, you sh- it's really far. And I was like, I can see it. I can see the hotel. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's that so- tower there, that's where that I could probably see my room. What are you talking about? It's really far. Oh, you yeah. see, I, I had the opposite problem. I, when I went to San Francisco a few years ago, I constantly was overconfident of how far I could walk in a city the size of San Francisco <laughs> and ended up doing a lot of walking halfway and then getting a cab. Oh god. So I'm I'm British. I walk everywhere because I don't I don't drive. So yeah. I'm like I I'm just used to walking everywhere and then I was like, "Oh yeah, I can probably walk like 12 blocks of San Francisco. How hard is that? It's like it's actually it's actually they're, they're big. Very hilly well, as well, San Francisco. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. But come here to me, Ed. What was the best thing you ate while you were in America? Um the, the food in America is bananas. <laughs> it's it's nuts. So I went to a place in the morning before my flight called Birdies. Um, uh-huh. And it was, I, I think it was just like a local like thing. I don't think it was uh, like a chain or anything. And it was, I had a breakfast sandwich and I just thought like breakfast sandwich along the lines, maybe McDonald's, like, I don't know, like a, like a bagel or something with some egg and some bacon. I don't know, something like that. Um, what I ended up getting was like a burger the size of like my head with two boulders of like fried chicken inside it, like onion relish, egg, bacon, and like some, I don't know, maybe some like salsa or something in it. I also got a free donut <laughs> as well alongside it. So I was like, oh, wow. I felt so ill. It was, oh, it was amazing. But it was like, th- if this is what, la has for breakfast then like, <laughs> like how how does this work um so yeah i would say that was like the best thing i had but also like the absolute worst i felt terrible <laughs> afterwards. Oh, wow. <laughs> I, I have to ask were you taken to a british pub while you were uh, there no we weren't california taken... has the wildest british pubs so <laughs> <laughs> and and people will generally insist on taking you. I think Brit. <laughs> I like going to uh American conceptions of like British pubs of like what a pub is like is honestly the closest I think I could get to feeling like my culture has been appropriated. Do you know like because obviously as as a Brit you can't like we can't complain about anyone doing anything with our culture. But <laughs> oh, like no, no. but but the pubs are just rot. There's table service. The tables are not sticky. Uh, the lights are quite bright. It's just all wrong. I can't. I cannot tell you. <laughs> but no, I lo- I love your burger story, Ed. Very good. <laughs> Thank um, you. Did, but in general, you had a nice time, right? <laughs> yeah, I I did have a nice time. It it was cool to go. I firstly like just a broad long haul. It'd been a long time and it mm. felt cool to like touch down somewhere like fairly alien. <laughs> um, and yeah, the gate like Summer Games Fest was was cool. 
it's like very kind of chill as well. I thought it would be like really quite busy and like not that it wasn't busy, but you know, just like a massive convention center and all that sort of stuff. But no, it was like fairly low key and filled with lots of nice people and food trucks, which was good. Love a good yeah. food truck. And yeah, I, I just really enjoyed it and spent some time on rooftop bars, which I've I've never done before. Never been to a rooftop bar, but LA absolutely loves them. So yeah. uh, that was it was nice to to see some lights in the night and have a have a drink, a mango pango I had, and a mango a pango mango pango. Yeah, that's fun to say. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't know what it was, but it was it was fun, so I ordered it. Very good. Oh uh, yeah, not a lot of call for rooftop bars in the UK. <laughs> no, absolutely not. It's just such um, a grim experience. Oh god, it was, wouldn't it? Like, like whenever we try and have a barbecue here in this country. Oh, that's good. I'm glad you had a good time because I work like I. I know I've ragged on America a bit in this segment, but Americans as a people, quite friendly, very like keen to just chat to strangers and hang out and find out about them. So I'm glad that they they treated you well. I'm sorry I, we haven't talked to Rebecca much. Me and Rebecca have been. Just, just sat inside looking at screens yeah my, my week has not been nearly so interesting in fact i think i've only left the house to go to the supermarket um, yeah. so yeah i mean it's quite warm here probably not la warm but i you don't know, know. i think like it might, it's really hot like it's, <laughs> it was like hot in la but i'm sat here now and i'm just sweating streams like it's so hot in here so i don't know i think it's yeah. it's warmer but- Open a window, mate. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't have like a, a a normal window in this like room. I've just got a door that I have to open. It's like because it's like a little. I don't have a balcony, but it's like I don't know. It's one of those things, you know. So I've just got to like wrench open this massive door, which I don't have a key for. So I'm just now. I'm basically in a sauna. Is what's happening. <laughs> Oh no. Oh dear. <laughs> That's the opposite problem to what I had when I lived in London, where uh, the windows would not close properly and it was freezing. And then also I had a leak in my roof that they refused to fix or give me any money off the rent. So the moral of the story is don't move to London. No, oh, no. <laughs> All right, well, this week um, it is going to be a pretty chilled out electronic wireless show. We're not going to do a Calvin of Lies. I thought it was unfair to throw you two into a, a mini game pit. Uh, uninitiated but we are we're just going to talk about our our favorite games that we saw from the the weekend the summer games festival the showcases xbox and bethesda and just have a, a nice chat about them and pull out some of the highlights ed curiously will have seen fewer games <laughs> than than me and rebecca because because you were actually on on the ground but hopefully we'll still have a lot to talk about on the other side of this musical sting Alrighty, let's start with Jeff Fest itself, which was kind of the first big thing anyway. Ed, I understand you saw Jeff in the flesh, actually. Let's yeah. start with that. Yeah, I actually saw him. Um, <laughs> I don't think I made eye contact. I was too frightened to. But I saw like, <laughs> I saw him in the flesh. I saw him like looking important. He was like stood uh, outside like the venue with like people around him and uh, just talking like business, I think. So that was cool. And he was wearing like a beige uh, jacket, as you would expect. 
um, yeah. blue jeans, some new some new like sneakers as they call them out there. Oh, so- oh Ed, you've completely become an American. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, look, I, I've embraced the culture, and I get. I saw her again. Uh, we were in like the Niantic, like there was some drinks or something, and he he was there. Um, and people were, like getting selfies with him and stuff. It was, oh, it was mate. yeah, it was it was one of those. But no, he seemed he seemed fine. He looked like Jeff, which was good. And I don't know. I I don't think I was brave enough to go say hello to him. I'm not sure what I would say to him. He's just um, he's just a man, just innocent men. <laughs> yeah, yeah, normal men. <laughs> but I, just, I, yeah, I'm just too awkward to chat to this innocent man. Like. <laughs> Does he does he look like a real person or does he kind of look all smooth like a robot? I think he does look quite smooth. I do <laughs> I I did just kind of want like I think maybe that's why I was scared to talk to him because I would have like reached out and like stroked his like cheek or something just to like make sure he wasn't like an android. So it was it was a good thing that I maybe didn't approach him. But No, that would have been weird. That would have not given RPS a good reputation. <laughs> <laughs> no. Look, don't worry, I didn't do that to, to anyone, so we're all right. <laughs> cool, good. But yeah, Jeff Fest uh, was the, the kind of opening salvo of the Not E3 weekend. Closed on a bit of a, a low note by just being like, you know, uh, uh, that game you like, the post-apocalypse with Troy Baker in that. that it, it, literally, it was, it was just like Left 4 Dead 2 come, cause being remastered. Or is it like the first Left 4 Dead? One of the Left 4 Dead's being remastered. That's the end of the show. Goodbye. <laughs> oh no! See, I didn't even see that. Um, I, I don't. I don't even remember seeing this. Like, I think I was so disconnected. From, yeah. Even though I, I was there, I just didn't really see a lot of these announcements, which is bizarre. It's like really strange. But yeah, yeah. Rebecca, what did you see from Jeff Fest that you oh. thought looked interesting? Um, I'm probably going to go against the grain here and say that I was actually a little excited for for one of the elements of the sort of slightly disappointing ending for most people. I think really, I, I love Layers of Fear. I love the Layers of Fear series, and um, I am very excited for Layers of Fears, whatever that ends up being. So <laughs> that was that was one of my highlights. A choice I expect to have to defend quite strongly over the next. <laughs> several months uh, into a year until until that gets released but yeah i'm a i'm a big layers of fear fan and i slightly of the opinion that i might be one of the leading <laughs> this is going to sound so silly but i think it's true one of the leading layers of fear theory crafters on the internet i've certainly not met wow. many other people Whoa. who are doing <laughs> much theory crafting for layers of fear because no, I might no, be. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure it's a very crowded field don't do yourself down rebecca <laughs> So yeah, I'm I'm excited because I'm a law nerd for for this series and the um, the trailer for Layers of Fears, which is sort of going to be a remaster slash remake of the trilogy potentially, but also maybe more of like a a guide and game where it's all from a different perspective. It's not entirely clear how yeah. big or small this effort's going to be, but it had a lot of a lot of stuff to really get the law nerds intrigued and it, there's a very real possibility that the layers of fear law nerds are just me so <laughs> yeah so yeah i mean th- for the initiated they are the la- i really like the first layers of fear they're sort of horror that sort of pt with paint um, yeah yeah that's that's a, a reasonable starting point to uh to draw it from yeah it's sort of really all kind of- art themed creepy art themed uh psychological ish horror games 
And they, yeah, they're good. But I, yeah, I'm, I like you. I'm slightly unclear on what layers of fears I is. Going I to actually, be. like, I spoke to to Bluber. It was like my very first thing I did at Jeff Fest um, about layers of fears. So yeah, they they basically said like it was kind of they were going to take layers of fear one and they're going to take layers of fear two, and they were going to kind of like mash them together. And kind of, okay. I suppose, bridge the gap between one and two story-wise. Um, Excellent. So oh, I, yeah. <laughs> I've not played one or two. So I was kind of going into this like, I don't know what's happening, but sure. I'm just going to ask these questions and see what they, they give me. Um, so that's kind of my understanding of it. There's, it's the sort of saying that it's not like a remake, so to speak. It's more of like a rebuild kind of thing. Yeah. So yeah, expect one and two to get mashed together. The story linked uh they said that that was quite like a difficult thing to do um, i imagine it would be having having played all the games right not a lot connecting one and two as, <laughs> as it would seem at this point um obviously i i went nuts with my red string on a board and started working out how you could do it which is not to say that's how they will do it but it could be done it's just not immediately obvious because it was sort of a disconnected sequel that that just took the sort of concept and ran in a different yeah. direction with it. Right. Well, see, this, this, yeah. this is why we have uh, we've got Ed, the LA correspondent here. This is <laughs> this is great. Um, I like their admission. Basically, that they didn't have a plan when they made the. There was no. Oh, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> there was no grand story plotted out. Well, I mean, good luck to them if they can link it. That'd be great. Anything else, Rebecca? That you you saw from Jeff Fest that you? I was also quite taken by High Water. I think that could be a really What was that one? That is the sort of post-apocalyptic, um, kind of environmentalist-themed... I don't know. I've seen... I, you have to excuse me, please. I've, I've seen so many trailers, and there is a, yeah. a degree to which they blur into one, I'm afraid. Um, it's a high degree, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I'm slightly panicking right now because I have made a note of the games I want to talk about, but not which showcase I saw some of them in. So I'm just desperately going through trying to remember what everything sort of emerged through. But it's got something that I really love in sort of sci-fi horror, which is my favorite genres, which means it was a very, very good not E3 for me yeah. um, because that was the theme of most things. Is I love kind of like ocean or water themes or things like sunken cities and high water's got a very sunken city vibe mm. it kind of reminded me of sea of solitude in its art style and that's yeah it's a very beautiful i i very little about it other than that it's indie apocalyptic strategy game in a sunken city that will hopefully be out this year it yeah i think i remember that one. i think that was i think that was the the jeff fest um, yes yeah it was I've, yeah i'm yeah. confirming that right now yeah yeah we've all listening we've all got like the pages of like yeah, everything announced <laughs> and stuff open. Um, oh, yeah. yeah, that one looked interesting. I suppose we should talk about the Callisto Protocol because that was one of the kind of bigger things from the weekend, I think, which is the it's a dead space spiritual successor by one of the creators of, of Dead Space or his, his studio that he founded. Did you get to see that, Ed? Or I, yeah, I, I didn't get to see it. There was like no kind of hands on or hands off things. Um, there at all actually um, which is a bit of a shame um, but I did get to speak to big Glenn Schofield um, as well we've got like the interview going up on the site at some point so yeah I, I didn't get to see it but I, I did see the Jeff Fest um, sort of reveal not reveal yeah. trailer the gameplay trailer thing and I'm very into it it looks really cool I, I never 
played Dead Space. I promise I play games, by the way. I keep saying I've not, <laughs> I've not played any games. I, I do play. I, I promise I do. But no, this looks cool. It seems to be quite like melee focused and lots of like heads popping and faces getting ripped off. Um, very gory, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's like super gory. That was like one of the things we talked about briefly uh, in in the interview about how they'd like in, implemented like an actual gore system, and they'd like they'd they basically hired like a, 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 they basically got a team just working on the gore. Oh my um, god! And they've been doing so for years. So yeah, they they really take that seriously. Um, the magic of game development. Exactly. Is that the sort of horror that you're into, Rebecca, or is that because it's sort of survival horror, horribleness? I'm more into psychological than gory, but I am willing to give anything a try if it's under the horror banner and isn't just excessive like torture porn. (laughs) I'm not, I'm not into that, but you know, this does look very interesting. um, I've got to say, I've, I've made a note. In fact, I think I put live on the site, which is that it felt really unfair to show Aliens Dark Descent and then show this immediately afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> um, sort of like, I didn't feel like that was stacking them up in a way that Aliens Dark Descent couldn't possibly win. And it did It, it did look very good. I don't want to say by comparison, but certainly the comparison <laughs> did make me sit up and notice the glitter critical <laughs> even more. I suppose while we're here, I'm jumping around because I was intending to just go through the different showcases, but... While we're talking about horror, um, there were quite a few bits and there was a tiny, it was like a 30 second cinematic teaser trailer for Ill, um, which is a kind of, a few months ago was like a concept, like a cinematic trailer for like a concept game that didn't exist by these two brothers. They have now formed a studio and are making the game. So it was Project Ill and now it's just Ill and it's first person shooter survival horror extreme body horror kind of where it looks like people are turning into sort of meat centipedes <laughs> very very creepy um very effective 30 seconds no idea what the game is going to be like <laughs> at all there is no steam page there is no nothing that's one that i was intrigued by myself but sounds, I don't know. If- sounds excellent. I, I, haven't, I haven't seen it at all. Um, so I'm yeah, it's definitely a weird go one. Back. It almost doesn't exist beyond. There's a Patreon, but it almost doesn't exist beyond like the trailer. <laughs> I'm like frantically googling it out, and I literally can't find. Like I'm trying it, to find it. Thing. It's quite hard to find. It. And even like I think it was. Um, I think it was a PC game show. The PC gaming show that it was announced at because... Oh no, it's a future game show. It's a future game show because one of the future websites linked to like the Steam page of entirely the wrong game because there's just no... There's nothing out there about it. One to keep an eye on, I think, personally. Oh yeah, uh, no, it does look good. So, it's yeah, weird, isn't it? it? It does. Good tiles. Good, good like blood <laughs> and, and water on tiles effects, I think, is a, a real highlight for me. You no, know, that, was, that was almost exactly my takeaway. When I just quickly checked out that trailer, yeah, the My environment looks really looks really well realized. Yeah, um, which is you know it's it's always a really promising start. Yeah, so super interested in that. Maybe we should add. Well, like, what did you see kind of on the ground there? Just the whole time you were in LA. Let's just open it out um, <laughs> that you that you kind of liked. Okay, so off the top of my head, I saw Sonic Frontiers. I got I got to go hands on with the, the new Sonic game that's coming out, which is kind of, I suppose, in the most generic 
sort of way to describe it, a bit Breath of the Wildy, mm. kind of like Sonic's being dumped in like an Unreal Engine sort of tech demo-y kind of thing. So, so I, yeah, I got hands on with that and thought it was actually really quite fun. I quite liked controlling Sonic and flying around this sort of vaguely empty open world, but the open world had like railings and like bumpers that would kind of steer you in the right direction, I think. So it wasn't like totally aimless. Um, and there mm. were like little puzzles you could do to kind of like, like unlock parts of the map. You can mark the map, you go over to them and things. And there was, I thought the combat was good as well. It, again, it's quite Zelda-y, I suppose, or like almost a bit Soulsy, where you kind of just circle enemies, you lock on, and then you kind of just have to dodge attacks and you, you bounce off them in your hedgehoggy way. Uh, so I fought like some, some big robo, like ninja things. And there was like one shadow of the colossus kind of fight against this big robot interesting thing. okay um yeah and it and it would like slam its like arm down which is very shadow of the colossus um and you would then as sonic because you're very fast you're able to then like run up its arm and its arm would kind of like fire red orbs uh, at you which would knock you backwards but also its arm was filled with like blue orbs and you try and like dodge the red ones, hit the blue ones and they would like boost you up the arm. This um, is, yeah. <laughs> and it, it was like janky as hell. Like it was super jank. But when it kind of worked, it, it felt like really quite fun. And you kind of like raced to the top of this big boss and there were like three pillars on, on its head and you'd have to like bash them. And and that was kind of the, the rhythm of it. Um, Interesting. I, I just... Yeah, I just thought it was quite interesting, and uh, I've not played a lot of uh, Sonic games, so I can't speak for those. But I, I, I was just having like quite a lot of fun, even if it did feel a little bit kind of uh, the the polish wasn't quite there. <laughs> um, it, it looked quite like grainy, and thing like the railings and things were like popping in quite a lot in the sky. <laughs> um, Brilliant. Yeah, and it was very, very quiet. Um, I don't know if that's like a purposeful decision by by like the team because I don't know. I always associate Sonic with it's loud and and colourful and all these things, and this wasn't. It was very like tinkly piano and stillness, and Sonic kind of just flying through it. It wasn't like I don't know pounding drum bass or anything like that. So yeah, I I, I did enjoy it though. I thought it was it was cool. I, I am was, interested yeah. in that one because, like, classically, Sonic games in 3D are the most rubbish Sonic games, and and it's weird that they're kind of doing this. What because like the the Sonic oh god I can't remember what it was called, but it was like you know sort of fan developed and it was really good and everyone loved it, um, and it was kind of styled after the retro games and stuff, and that was what everyone wanted. And it was a critical and commercial success. And then Sega were like, not doing that again. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm interested in, yeah, how this is actually going to turn out. Anything else that was interesting that you got hands on with them? Um, I sort of did a big round robin of of like the Day of the Devs games. So that was like uh, a bunch of indies, uh, like Bear and Breakfast uh, and Time Flies and things like small games like that, but only for like six minutes. So it was very, very rushed. Um, but the highlights from that, I would say, were sh- Shim or Swim. I don't know how you pronounce it, but it's where you play like as a little shadow frog and you jump mm. between shadows, I suppose, and you try and reach like an end point. And the shadows 
sometimes are static, like you've kind of got like a bench or something, so you can kind of hop to. Um, but then you might have like people that are going for a jog and the shadow will be moving. You kind of got to hop between them and use them as like a little taxi ride, um, so to speak. And I just thought that was like really fun and like bouncy and uh, just like really charming. Um, very simple, but yeah, I, I really enjoyed mm. that. Um, I thought Time Flies was quite quite cool um again you play as like a little fly and your life expectancy is determined by the country you select at the start of the game and i think the uk's was like i don't know like 79 seconds or something and within those 79 seconds you've kind of got to fly around a, a living room and tick things off a list um, is that like based on what like based on the average life expectancy of a fly in that country or like <laughs> yeah i don't actually know i i weirdly like the dev wasn't there so i couldn't like speak to anyone so i was just oh, sat no. there like playing as a fly uh quietly to myself <laughs> um uh, but i i thought it was fun but i couldn't really get a sense of like is is this like the entire game like just kind of one checklist and one living room because i sort mm. of felt like after i don't know a couple of minutes of playing it i was like okay cool like is there is there kind of anything more to it but but maybe not. It was it was it was all right. And then, yeah, I, I I really liked another game called Vice Undercover. This wasn't part of Day of the Devs. This was they all kind of like blur into one. I think this no, this was with Skybound Games, and that was think kind of like Papers Please. Um, yeah, always have a bit of Papers Please. Yeah, again, another game I haven't played. Uh, <laughs> Anyway, oh, Ed. <laughs> I know. Um, but it's kind of like that. And it's about, it's like Miami. So think like 80s Miami, like synth wave, like pink and palm uh-huh. trees and things like that. And you're um, a cop that's going undercover in this like drug cartel like thing. Yeah. Because what uh, else are you going to do, obviously? <laughs> exactly. And they're like using the internet to to become strong and grow and whatever else. And you're like going undercover to, to try and like crack their hidden world of business and drugs. Um, <laughs> and it's, it's basically like admin, but extremely stressful admin. So you kind of like boot up this like Amiga OS, um, which is super old school. And you basically got like notifications at the top right of your screen going like, hey, you know, open this folder and look up this this guy's like um, birthday and and send it back to me. So it's kind of like accessing different files and different folders and different apps within like certain time limits and under certain constraints and finding information on people. I just thought like the whole interface, the old school interface was like super cool. I just sort of copy and it just really simple things like copying and pasting people's like names and addresses and kind of sending them off to people in emails. And you can kind of, uh, you've, you've got like limited memory, so you can't open up too many tabs. So you've kind of got to like manage your interface, like in terms of like closing tabs and opening them and eventually you can upgrade your PC to like have more memory, to open more tabs, to help you do the admin faster so it's like an element of mastery to kind of that's fun like when you first started pitching it i was like it sounds very dumb (laughs) it was boring as fuck but um yeah it it being like drugs admin is actually really interesting (laughs) (laughs) 
it was like extremely stressful and the things kept piling up and people keep asking you to do jobs and I think it's about kind of like micromanagement um, and sort of knowing when to turn things down and all of that sort of stuff so yeah and it was just like kind of tucked away in this in this coffee shop uh, in in LA in in the wherever we were in the summer games fest campus um and uh, I don't know I just sort of feel like more people should know about it I think it was a really cool um okay. thing and I'm trying to think of other things I mean Ed's mentioned like a, a, a quite a few smaller kind of indie things um Rebecca I know you mentioned you mentioned high water is there anything else that, that was maybe you know the smaller scale stuff from the the indie side of things that oh plenty of things um so day of the devs was one that i only sort of half caught because i was still working um on the summer game fest Mm. stuff at the same time but i did see birth which looks really interesting the the idea behind birth as i believe is that it's based around the concept of moving to a new city and not really knowing anyone which Alice, you and I have both done long distance moves within the past sort of year. So yeah. I suppose it's something that we can both quite relate to. And the the protagonist decides to literally make a friend by sort of collecting animal bones. And it's a sort of puzzler in that sense, which is not something that I have resorted to yet since I'm, my move. I'm trying to make friends with the crows. but um, I mean, if they're alive, then, you know, you do. It's less weird, of, isn't it? Yeah, It's less weird. But no, it's sort of presented in quite a, the word wholesome is so overused in this context, but in quite a, a wholesome way, I guess. Um, it's reminding me quite a lot of, I just started replaying the Rusty Lake series, which has got that sort of like very mm. chill, but very sinister sort of puzzle game feel to it. And it's got a sim- similar kind of art style. Um, and this looks like it's going to be a really good one for Rusty Lake fans. Mm. I so I watched the whole thing direct live, and I it's it was again it was like a hundred games or something, and it was kind of tough to pick things out because a lot of them had witches in and had similar <laughs> color palettes. Um, but one that did stand out because it looked quite different was uh, Paper Trail, which I wrote a little post about, and it's like a, a puzzle game where it's all it's 2d but the world is basically sheets of paper that you can fold in and over from the corners or the sides and then that opens up the what is on the other side of the paper so if you're trying to get across a bridge and the bridge is broken maybe you could fold over and on the other side of the paper the bridge is not broken and then you can sort of walk across it it's really nice uh, there's a demo in the in the Steam Next Fest at the moment. Works really well. Becomes very complicated with the puzzles and stuff. Worth checking out, I think, if you're into to puzzly stuff. There's a lot of games over the past few years have sort of done stuff with, yeah, puzzle like 2D kind of paper folding stuff. But this I thought was really really good. Or is the demo is really good. <laughs> Uh, and I like that and I really like seeing uh, a little bit more of um, a little to the left which is the sort of tidy tidying simulator Um, (laughs) it was very cute we should probably though talk about the Xbox and Bethesda showcase which was for my money in as much as any of them can be the best I thought that was the best showcase personally I agree (laughs) yeah what do you think Rebecca I am desperately trying to remember what happened there. Yes, no, I did think it was it was definitely um, in terms of the sort of level of enjoyment I got out of the presentations. I think it was it had the most excitement to it. But then maybe I don't know. Part of me worries that I'm just I'm too like set in my ways and I enjoy franchises too much. And it had the most recognisable names in it. So maybe that's that is true. Part of I why do. I was getting so excited. So I don't. I, 
I um, I'm going to hold off from calling it my favorite, but I will say I enjoyed it a lot. I laughed quite a lot, and it <laughs> <laughs> it was at the end of the showcase. They talked about Starfield, which is Bethesda's new game. It's their first new IP in like ever because it's not a Fallout or a Elder Scrolls game. I'm just scrolling to look at it now, but it made me laugh quite a lot because it was like they had like a, a teaser trailer, didn't really show anything. It was it was one of those like. <laughs> My spaceship is coming in like <laughs> you're clear to land, and then you know, like a quote about the stars and stuff, and then Todd Howard being like, "This is an amazing game. We're going to show you. We've been working so hard on it. Here's the mysterious moon of Crete, and then it faded to black, and then faded up on just grey rocks again. <laughs> <laughs> and it made, it was just, and I know that it will have stuff other than grey rocks in it and they showed little clips of things like a city and stuff in, in the montage but like the main big chunk of gameplay they showed was just this <laughs> it just looked like a Fallout game and in context it made me laugh so much <laughs> that that's what they chose to be like this is our new amazing RPG that you've never seen before and even then like stuff like, it's got factions in it that are like the factions in Fallout and it's just, I was just I couldn't not see the similarities and I just found it so funny that they were talking about it with such gravity and kind of bated breath and stuff and they were like a bunch of grey rocks in them <laughs> um, but yes. having said that I'm sure I'll be fine what, you know <laughs> I sort of like hope that they kind of just showed things like in almost in the wrong like way that um like i don't know they they chose like the the worst thing to show from that game early on like sort of as as that like reveal went on it became more interesting to me like the ship building and like i don't know landing on the moons or whatever mm. i thought that was like quite I don't know, quite interesting. I'm trying to sort of think of the positives to it. Um, <laughs> did you I'm I'm being mean about it. What did you think of it, Rebecca? I um I think there will be a lot to enjoy for people who love these sort of massive Bethesda RPGs because mm. it is they seem to have I, I mean, I, I rewatched the um the fifty minute long presentation just yesterday, um, for something I was writing, so I have it quite fresh in my mind. And a lot of times they're repeating, like, we are combining the best of what we've learned from all of our previous massive open world RPG titles into this. And so I think if that is if that is your thing, if you are someone who has played Skyrim or whatever, you know, <laughs> consistently for the last 11 years or however long it's been, then this, this will be for you. My feeling really was that looking at it, I was kind of reminded that I, I like the idea of these big... Bethesda mm. RPGs more than the practice sometimes um I get a little bit sort of like overwhelmed with the choice and when they're talking about a thousand planets I was like oh no <laughs> too many planets <laughs> too many planets and loads of them are just going to be grey rocks you can't convince mm. me they won't I mean um, I understand a bit more now that they've talked about their base building in a bit more detail and I'm like oh okay that's what the 990 uninhabited planets are going to be for it's it's still kind of an interesting choice for me because they have been so so very clear about the fact that they're not going to add multiplayer because that I mean I'm I'm all for I'm very antisocial and I love a single yeah. player game but yeah, yeah. um it seems odd to me to to put that much in um and then 
be looking at multiplayer. So that that was a bit of a question mark for me. I mean, mm. I'm still interested to see. One way or another, I will be covering this game in some detail. So I will <laughs> definitely have a chance to um, to reassess and reassess again once once the game is out. But yeah, my initial feelings were like, it looks fun. It looks fine. It looks nice. It's probably not one that I'd rush out to play if I wasn't going to be covering it. I I mean, the the Xbox, the Xthesda showcase as a whole, they had quite a lot of kind of interesting, like big thing. They had, you know, Microsoft Flight Sim, uh, there was Forza Motorsport, they showed quite a lot of confirmed stuff about Overwatch 2, uh, confirmed Diablo 4 coming out next year, which I keep forgetting that I guess they kind of own now as well. Uh, Hollow Knight Silk Song, that was quite cool to get a look at. I really, they opened with Redfall and I thought that looked really cool. Um, I'm well up for Redfall, uh, which is Arcane Austin. So Arcane, what did uh, Dishonored most famously, I guess. Uh, it's a co-op like, vampire hunting game. And yeah, I just thought it looked well good. Very cool kind of abilities and characters and stuff. That was one of my, I think, top things from the show. But, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I thought it looked, at least initially, it was quite interesting to see kind of how slow, uh, slow pace stuff, like the, the blood on the mm. floor and like following it and things. And because I was kind of expecting this like bombastic sudden like reveal, you know, as it kind of went on, it became a lot more energetic, I suppose, and a bit more what I'd expect. But I sort of wonder how much of like the investigative, like slow, progressive, almost horror-y kind of vibe will play into Redfall. I don't know where that fits into to a match or a game or whatever. But no, I, I, I agree. I, th- I thought it looked like a lot of fun, like a lot of personality, what could be quite like a, a tedious team shootery mm. thing. So very uh, up for it. An interesting one as well, I thought from the x to Showcase, was uh, Pentiment, which is... A new, an unexpected game from Obsidian, whose last one was um, The Outer Worlds. Pentiment is like a medieval murder mystery done in the style of like, I'm just kind of looking at it now. Like it's a side scrolling like 2D and it's like what an illuminator or like an illustrator, you know. I love this as an idea like i like the idea of of you know developers have using resources they have to make sort of weirder side things i think it looks cool not much known about it yet but i just like the idea of devs taking kind of shots like this and doing kind of fun stuff when they can i don't know what you guys thought about it but (laughs) i thought it looked very cool i'm just revisiting it very quickly now i think this is when i was i was looking at something else when this was on but I do. I mean, I love. I love a medieval setting in a game. I um. I got my master's degree in medieval English literature, which sounds way fancier than it is. Um, but it does mean that whenever there's a medieval setting that's kind of dragons and, um, <laughs> and you know that sort of thing, I, I'm very drawn in by the intrigue. And it does look, yeah, it's it's kind of reminding me of stuff like um, what was it called, Astrolog- Astrologaster? Mm. Mm. That sort of attempt to actually kind of do the historical period and have a very stylized take on it um i haven't made it all the way to the end of this trail oh no i think i have um i may not have seen the bit where the dragon turns up yet it, <laughs> it could still happen could still um, happen and i could i could be entirely wrong but yeah i'm always i'm always interested in attempts to do history in video games without resorting to kind of even though i'd love stupid off the wall fantasy stuff without doing stupid off the wall fantasy stuff so yeah as pc gamers notionally 
we should talk about the PC gaming show a little bit more as well. Um, which was long. It was two, <laughs> two hours. <laughs> we did not know that until we sat down to do the live blog. Yeah. So that was exciting. Um, yeah. To, to be told at the same time as the audience how long we were going to be sat in our chairs. Oh my god! Yeah, it was. <laughs> it was. It was a long two hours. There was a lot of bants. Oh well, the um, bants. Too much bants. Oh, he wouldn't stop talking about my eyes. You know, he was like, "Cram this into your eyeballs. Cram that into your eyeballs." I was like, "Please, I don't want to cram anything into my eyeballs." There's stop no room it. in my eyeballs. <laughs> um, I think of the shows, it was the most bant heavy. To give them their due, Cherry RPS fanzine PC Gamer had a lot of actually pretty cool stuff i i thought it was good to see gloomwood which is that kind of thief with guns i guess like stealth kind of retro style thing uh that was i think one of the coolest things from the weekend so definitely up for that it was good to see tactical breach wizards uh system shock obviously as well uh anything that stood out from the pc gaming show for you rebecca as you oh, live blogged I mean, it uh, yes well maybe i mean maybe it was because of the live blogging but um i feel like about half of the stuff that i've got on my very interested list from not e3 so far has has come from the pc gaming show so that probably does yeah speak speak volumes about how excited i was by some of the stuff that i saw the altars looks looks like one that i'll be i'll definitely oh, be checking yeah. out that was like moon kind it's of. like moon very like moon which i do love and it also has a very prey kind of look to it and prey is a game that i really adore i mean we don't know much yet about how that one's going to play i feel but it it definitely has a sort of intriguing kind of high concept sci-fi idea behind it and that's that's all you need at this stage to get me to get me pretty invested in in following up with that one yeah um, in a similar sense i think the invincible also looked really cool. Which one was that one? I'd... That one is um, based on a novel by Stanislav Lem. Uh, apologies if I butchered saying that. And they, they introduced that at the PC Gaming Show by saying, do you not have time to read books anymore because you play so many video games? And I was like, that is exactly my story. Please tell me more. Um, and yeah, that makes it all go into Stanislav Lem, who is a very modern classic sci-fi author from Poland who I've read a bit of. I am just, yeah, I games based on books are kind of a thing of mine, um, as Alice probably recalls from me mm-hmm. geeking out about Stephen King games at Halloween. So yeah, I'm, I'm very, just very, again, it's a, it's a very sort of like, you know, immersive sim, sci-fi, you go to like a red planet, whereas everyone, it's kind of got that abandoned space station feel to it, you know, robots who may be friend or foe and that sort of, it, it, it's just, just kind of a mix of all the real hits of sci-fi gaming storytelling but it it looks really nice at this sort of first impression it's like a five minute impression gameplay sort of trailer and yeah i'm i'm definitely going to be checking that one out as well i think cool cool um ed what about you does anything stand out from the pc gaming show i (laughs) admittedly i i'm still getting through it like i I think i'm about i'm about halfway um i sort of put it on here and there I was making like a chickpea and chicken curry the other day and I, I popped it on <laughs> just to have on in the background because <laughs> there's, there's so much bands. It's like it's I had to like physically turn away from it. Uh, so I, that's why I was making the curry just to kind of take my mind off it. Um, but no, I, I agree with Rebecca. I thought The Invincible was looked super cool. I didn't know it was um, based on a novel, which is which is um, interesting. Um, yeah, and it looked uh, it's got very good 
kind of like arcane graphics um because you mentioned immersive sim and i kind of mm. like that it's got that slight like death loop look and it's got good metal shining in sun effects which i'm very into <laughs> <laughs> um, and that's kind of largely all like all that i've kind of picked up on um i think system shock um as you say did look good i'm up for that um yes. i feel like that's a, a game like i missed out on i suppose i could have played it but i don't know it was a, it was a long time ago yeah, right I so mean, like why why go back and play these games when they're all just going to get remade so <laughs> eventually on a long enough timeline <laughs> exactly I think that's it. Oh no! Oh yeah! I, the flintlock. I know that wasn't exactly revealed um, mm. at, at the. I can't even remember which show this was. I think this might have been the Xbox Bethesda one. Um, but I think they just like showed showed the trailer off again at the PC gaming show. I thought that looks cool. Sort of. I don't know how to describe it. Really, it looks a bit kind of like God of War, but you kind of replace Kratos with like a badass. Like I don't know sort of warrior with a with an axe um and it yeah that looks really cool they've got like a pet like squirrel thing um very <laughs> As you do. yeah yeah that's that's all i've got i'm afraid i'm going to continue I'm, i've got a second helping of the chickpea and, and chicken curry <laughs> so i'm gonna like eat that and watch more tonight so. <laughs> i have uh i have one more that i'd like to highlight from the the PC gaming show Go on, then. okay um because I am so taken with immortality which is the the FMV game that they revealed mm. during that which I was just very I mean it was it was fun because I was covering I was covering the PC gaming show with Hayden who is our colleague who is 21 years old and so I had to explain FMV um and what it stands <laughs> for and what it means and what it was like to be alive in the 90s and experience FMV games when they were sort of being done non-ironically but I sort of like it has an interesting kind of like slightly twin peaksy look to it and and it's, slightly um, twin peaksy look is something that does it for me except slightly more interesting than just the whole oh we've got the uh, we've got the red curtains and the black and white flooring from the black lodge ooh it was like more subtle but it it did look cool it's um Sam Barlow's thing isn't it who did her story yeah, so it's just the- Sam Barlow doing the thing that Sam Barlow does again oh absolutely absolutely um it, it's <laughs> from what i could pick up it's the idea is that there's a, a sort of movie star from the 70s, I think, who's who's maybe disappeared or died. And you're trying to watch footage from her last three films to work out kind of what happened, which I thought was a cool concept. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm not sure. Like, I feel like Sam Barlow's thing is maybe wearing thin a little bit for me. I'd like to like, do something else, man. Like, yeah, <laughs> and I mean, I haven't really gone into a lot of I've I've his earlier games and been interested in them but never quite got around to sort of playing or finishing them so maybe this is good maybe i'll jump onto this one and it will be the best one and then he can sort of like move fingers on. crossed yeah yeah i can hear ed typing trying to find the trailer for it <laughs> yeah i'm just like i'm so sorry i i'm so out of touch with it all there you go that's okay well you were you were in another country while it happened that's the, it's it's like comic-con you can either be at e3 or you can know what's happening at e3 you can't do both um, yeah that's true we should probably like final thoughts then how how do we feel that not e3 was because it like the the last e3 now was like three years ago so 2019 and we haven't had like that show yet how do we feel this not e3 summer game fest was does e3 need to come back do we even need any of this to happen thoughts ed from the point of view of someone who's out there Uh 
I I really I mean I've not been to E3 in person. This is my first you know thing um, I suppose in the US or whatever. But I I really liked the Summer Games Fest setup. Um, I thought it was very like chill. It was like a manageable amount of space and a manageable amount of games. And I suppose you didn't have like thousands and thousands of public to kind of like wade through and all that sorts of stuff. So I thought it was like really nice, um, really chill, lovely to like meet developers and all that sort of thing. I, I do think maybe it was a little bit light on like heavy hitting games. So yeah, I, I thought the X- Xbox Bethesda like showcase was, that was why I kind of got excited about it. I, I, I do miss the kind of like those big reveals. I also think I quite like just having E3 on, on the weekend. I could just go, right, I know when all of these big like showcases and announcements are going to be. I'm going to reserve some time and just like sit it out. Whereas now it's like you've got about 15 trillion different showcases by all sorts yeah. of people. And it's extremely like sort of overwhelming to the point where it just all becomes a big like smush like I don't really remember anything at all whereas if I cast my my like mind back to previous like E3s Mm. like yes I can remember some of the reveals and some of those like big exciting moments and that's what I miss I think like yeah I I think it's only a mercy that you know like we didn't get Ubisoft and EA doing their own shows this time as well and like Screenix and stuff it was it's it's a lot and that, like E3 before was very tiring, but it was more compact. I think, um, Rebecca, how did you find it? Um, well, this was this was my first uh, E3 or not E3 of any any description of me actually covering it. So I found it really interesting from that point mm. of view, obviously. And I feel like I've uh, you know earned earned my stripes a bit more as a games journalist now, having gone through an E3. So <laughs> that's that's always nice. Um, in terms of the the in person event coming back, I mean. Obviously, from my point of view, having having never got got the opportunity to experience it in person, there's an interest in and I would you know I kind of like to go and see it in person if I could. Um, I don't think in this day and age it's strictly necessary to showcase your product live. Part of it is just this really selfish thing where the the convention center where they usually hold E3 is um, the relatives that I have in LA live like ridiculously close to it. So I'm like, oh come on, guys, just let me. <laughs> <laughs> just let me have a go I'll, I'll even i won't even like stay in a hotel i'll be so good but no it's um it would be it would be interesting to go i think the one definitely good thing i could say about e3 though is the way it sort of consolidated all of the different showcases that are now becoming very fractured and it's becoming like streaming services you know it's like i used to have a netflix subscription and that kind of ticked all the boxes and now it's like, do I get Disney Plus and Amazon Prime and everything else? There's, there is definitely a part of me that's like, it's nice when it's all in one place. It's sort of manageable mm. in that sense. Um, but obviously, I do think with with things like there being a global pandemic and you know concerns about the environmental impact of people flying back and forth to the states all the time, there's there's a solid argument to be made for at least keeping it remote. Yeah. Although, again, just just the one E3, maybe. <laughs> Maybe next year. <laughs> I guess speaking as someone, because I have covered a few of the trad E3s from the UK and I did either one or two, I can't remember, from like on the ground. The E3 show that I, that, that I went to is quite badly run just in terms of trying to see any games or do anything. I think if it does come back, I kind of gamescom format would be much better where you have a sort of public show floor and then rooms where you 
lock developers for 48 hours and parade journalists in front of them um that is just it just works much better uh and gamescom is bigger than e3 in terms of numbers but is so much easier to be at and do so from that point of view i think it like it should take the opportunity uh to kind of change from the years off it's had as a thing as a remote event i basically i think echo your sentiments that like it's just there's just a lot (laughs) there's just a lot we're doing their own thing and it was kind of weird and difficult covering traditional e3 from the uk because the streams would be at like one in the morning but there was also a weird sort of camaraderie about that and you know i will forever remember at like midnight or something after a full weekend of work almost watching andrew wk appear at the bethesda showcase and (laughs) and do like a song at people in la at what must have been about lunchtime or maybe even like Oh, wow. That must have been surreal. I don't know. And it was really, and I thought I was having like a hallucination. <laughs> Always the feeling you get when Andrew WK turns up. Yeah. And, and you know, you don't get those moments anymore. <laughs> so <laughs> I kind of miss that. But all in all, I thought this, it was all right this year. It was fine. There you go. That's my, that's my hot take. <laughs> <laughs> Well, all that remains now, after we've had a, a quite long discussion actually about games this this time, is for some recommendations. Because every week on this show, we recommend something that is not a video game. Did you guys have you guys got something? Did you prep? I did. <laughs> I did. <laughs> Excellent. I did. I did ask. I, I I was like, I can't just spring them. Otherwise, they'll be like Nate, and they'll go like, I'm going to recommend mugs because what's whatever's nearest on your desk. Um, Rebecca, what are you recommending this week? Oh well, I have this lovely mug on my desk. Um, <laughs> she got um, me. I would like to recommend a movie called Blood Punch, which I I don't watch a lot of movies at the moment because I have the attention span of a goldfish these days. But I have watched this movie twice, um, so I think that probably says something about how much I enjoyed it. It is a comedy horror time loop crime thriller, which is so many words that it was hard to read it off my notes without stumbling, (laughs) but I made it. It came out about 10 years ago, but I think it's back on trend because the time loop thing is so huge at the moment. So I'm seeing it pop up in certain places. Um, It's it's an indie movie. It's quite gory, uh, very clearly Tarantino inspired. But the thing that really charmed me about it was after the second viewing I I actually looked up a bit about the production and it turns out it was a side project for the cast of a New Zealand based Power Rangers spin-off what um which is what a combination of words apparently if you are I mean I I used to love Power Rangers when I was five or six I've not kept up I will admit but the idea that the people I've just watched sort of like shoot each other with crossbows and chase each other through the woods are all the New Zealand Power Rangers adds a whole extra layer of enjoyment to this movie um which is it's a very very funny and very interesting movie and it was very very well received but i just love the idea that these are like children's entertainers getting their darkness out and like the summer break between seasons or whatever it's it's really worth a watch it's it actually premiered on itunes which is how how indie it is wow Um, and you can still rent or buy it on itunes to this day or it's also where i saw it is on shudder it's included if you have a shudder subscription it's on there at least in the uk i can't i can't necessarily speak to other 
other regions. But yeah, if if it sounds like it's going to be your sort of thing, then it almost definitely is. And um, it's a very good film that not many people have heard of. So there is my Lovely stuff. Edges, what are you recommending this week? <laughs> I, I, I'm recommending something that isn't actually as interesting as that, really. It's, it's a massage gun. I, I recently bought a massage gun. Okay. It's, Ow. <laughs> it's, it's exceptional. It's like, it's like you kind of hold, it's, it's like quite literally holding like a pistol, but like the barrel is like a thing that just like pummels your muscles. Um, <laughs> and it's just absolutely excellent. Like I use it on my legs and stuff and it like, it, it it's just, yeah, it just like pounds them to the ground. But then you think, oh, this is going to really hurt and actually once once you know you finished it's great it's like you, your legs feel great and you can use it on your back and your shoulders and my god it's it's like the best thing i've purchased in a long time from i don't know because i play a lot of badminton and and get, do a lot of runs mm. and things like that so i was like you know what i'm just gonna spend some money on this because i used it in the car once on the way to like a match not when i was driving or anything like that and it was like an absolute game changer so that yeah that's my like very weird recommendation that's that's all i've got ah, okay that's a good a practical recommendation from edis i'm going to offset the health recommendation uh, by recommending some irish biscuits that uh i recently had tried for the first time they're so good one of them was recommended on uh or was mentioned on dairy girls uh the current season um so uh, if you're outside of Ireland, that's that's your cultural touchstone. They are there's one called uh, Mikado or Mikado, and then there's Kimberleys, and they are so good. It's a very <laughs> um, uh, a Mikado is a, it's like a soft biscuit base, and then it has like pink marshmallow along the sides. It's like a rectangle shape, so pink marshmallow along the sides, and then um, like strawberry jam down the middle. Uh, and then it's covered in desiccated coconut. Amazing. And then Kimberly's, so good. A v- again, a very soft biscuit, but it's ginger, and then it's got marshmallow on the inside. It's like a, a sandwich. St- amazing. Like, if you can get them, you sh- surely you'd be able to get them <laughs> in the UK. Like, they're so good. Honestly, transcendent. Since I've been living in Ireland, I have to say the Irish have best crisps and biscuits. And really good fizzy drinks. Basically, kids parties here, off the chain. <laughs> <laughs> Outstanding. But that is about all we have time for this week. Thank you so much, uh, Ed and Rebecca, for joining me to talk about uh, the Not E3 Summer Game Fest 2022. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on the Electronic Wireless Show. Oh, Do not be strangers. Thank you. It's been so fun. <laughs> uh, and thank you, listener, for joining us for episode 191 of the Electronic Wireless Show. You can find Rock Paper Shotgun on uh, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. Just search for Rock Paper Shotgun, and there we will be. You can join our Discord, where you can chat about games and the podcast and all manner of other things. Uh, the link will be in the show notes, as will a link to our merch store, where you can buy a nice T-shirt. T-shirt, T-shirt. Um, but for all your PC gaming needs, just go to www.rockpapershotgun.com. Uh, but for now, it's goodbye from me. It's goodbye from Ed. And it's goodbye from Rebecca. Bye. Bye. Bye.